Hello again, gentlemen. Welcome to the first day of Thatch's Thatch Can Style Wrestling. There's a lot of glare coming off that dome of yours. Squirrel nut! What does WrestleMania mean to Brock Lesnar? It's a day that I get to show up, kick somebody's ass, and get paid to do so. Crying out loud, he can't use a thing with you swearing like that. I don't give a damn. I came up here for a purpose to prove some son of a bitch and thing. And I'll tell you what I came to prove, that Lawler didn't have the guts. I'm back. And I'm back for you. I'm not gonna lie. I'm back for me, too. Hey there, folks. Welcome to We Don't Know Wrestling 115. I am your host, Sam. This week, we're going to be doing the usual, breaking down my top five things of the week. A little background for this week. I burned my thumb this weekend, rolling a burrito onto my grill at home. So I'm just staring at this big old bubble on my pinky. So... That's what we have going on here. Otherwise, let's get into it. All right. And five, four, and three this week are all going to have to do with the road report of going to Rochester this past Wednesday for AEW's Dynamite and Rampage. Starting up, though, with number five, going to do a food review of New Ethics Pizzeria and Cafe. In Rochester, New York. It is a all-vegan pizza place. Got there. Very spacious. Way more than expected. Kitchen, huge. Enough dining room seating. Not very crowded. Was in this weird plaza where it was shaped like a square. But you could go inside like it was a mall. And there was a door on the inside. But you couldn't enter through the door on the inside, you had to go outside. So a real interesting layout of this building, not their fault whatsoever. I got a vegan pepperoni pizza with hot honey and basil. And it was a very nice pizza pie. 12 inches, got a small, real good hot honey Pepperoni was real solid for vegan pepperoni. Cheese, it was okay. For any all-vegan pizza place, I'd expect them to make it their own cheese. But they use Follow Your Heart, which is fine. It's probably one of my favorite store brand cheeses. Outside of the new Liquid Miyoko's, which is A-plus stuff. So, it's good enough cheese, but if it's going to be an all-vegan pizzeria... And it isn't just a side option. It really should be kind of their own homemade stuff or at least made local. But otherwise, the topping's real solid. The dough was okay. I would give it like 7.5 out of 10. Uh, Really hit the spot right before going to the show. Number four, though, let's talk about the actual shows of Rampage and Dynamite this week. I'm not going to be giving a full-on breakdown. I'm sort of highlighting the things that really stood out to me. So with any of these shows, at least the ones I've been to, this is my second one now, 
in Rochester, the first one being kind of the make good from COVID and obviously being kind of a celebration of Brody Lee in a lot of ways. These tend to start with the darks, dark elevation in this case. And I still don't get the exact purpose of these shows, except maybe give guys reps. Like you have an all ego Ethan Page versus Condoleanne match, which was a, a decent time. A JD Drake versus Dante Martin match, which is a decent time. Like the, there's nothing wrong with these matches. They're pretty enjoyable. I would say I had a fan calling JD Drake a low rent Kevin Owens, which was a deeply hurtful thing, deeply hurtful thing to hear, um, because JD Drake is simply better than Kevin Owens. Kevin Steen, yeah, he's just a better wrestler. So apologies for anyone that might not compute with. I think you're probably wrong. And then the actual episode starts, and I do find it very funny that Tim did his recap of the California show from AEW about how they never saw any video packages. And having on good authority now, that's just a very odd experience that he had. So it's unfortunate for him, but we get every single backstage package. I think I, I, I'm not 100% positive. I think there may have been some differences in what we were shown versus what was on TV, but we got the sound and everything. So we got it all. And I will say opening up with Warlow winning the TNT championship was Wonderful. It was a delight. I was so glad they did it. It was a really big moment. It also establishes Rochester as a town that title changes happen in. Rochester, not a big city. Um, audience of 5,000 instead of 7,000. But you get the victory. It's a fun match, I thought. Scorpio, not a great champ, but... They really made it into something at least everyone can sink their teeth into a little bit. But then you have the power bomb, power bombs. Uh, you have the confetti. It feels like a big deal. So I'm really glad I got to be there for that. I was really debating how to even going to the show. It's about an hour and a half away. It's not a short drive to go see. Uh, maybe the short drive in the essence of other things I've done wrestling trips for. But on a Wednesday night, on a work night not the easiest thing to kind of bully myself into, I guess. And that moment and stuff like, you know what? It was worth being here for that. So that was awesome. Other things I want to note, like Rush versus Pentagon Jr. Not the way I thought I would first see Rush. Uh, Rush, I guess. Sorry, apologies. It was a really good match. Like that was a, a super enjoyable professional wrestling match that Sort of was what you were hoping for with Rush coming into AEW. Pentagon looked decent. Doesn't look bad. They worked around mask uh, pulling, ripping, and crowd actually dug that more than most of the things in the match, which was surprising, which I really dug and appreciated. I was like, you know what? Go crowd. We also have the negative one Dark Order stuff with QT Marshall coming out and then Adam Page allowing Dark Order to get it one up on them. So that was fun. Crowd really loved Adam Page. Obviously, it would have been great to actually get a match from him, but what are you going to do? Anyway, so main event of the episode, you get John Moxley versus Brody King. Not a really, not, not a great match. Not not particularly good. It was great seeing the John Moxley entrance. Moxley was way over with the crowd, but 
not a particularly good match. Brewery King just does not have it. So that's unfortunate. Another kind of big guy who doesn't work big enough. But I'm going to get Rampage. And guess what? It was weird seeing people tweet about Eddie Kingston versus Takeshka. That wasn't a match I was expecting to see. Especially in Rochester. Again, I feel like I have to reiterate. Especially in Rochester. But it was a really good match. I think I'm lower on it than some other folks, which is interesting just because I would have thought I was there live. I was pretty darn close. I would have a better opinion of it. But no, like, it still works. It's still really, a really good match. And I'm happy I was there for it because it felt like a tryout for Eddie Kingston for a Junakiyama match in a lot of ways. And I'm really hoping that match comes to fruition. Eddie obviously deserves it, but I think it's just be incredibly good. But yeah, it's a fine match. Glad I was there for it. Once again, feels like, okay, this was a really fun time throughout. And then I am glad to see Gresham turn heel and go with Tully. That's a, him and Tully is not maybe the combo I would be shooting for, but I think it makes a lot of sense. If Tully's going to be pushed off into ROH land, I think that's a good combo for those two. I think Tully can get a lot of mileage out of people he's attached with. And it seems like Brian Cage just been pushed aside, potentially, which is also a positive spin. But that also makes Gresham there very funny because now he is just so much smaller than all of the other folks in that stable. With obviously the most talented because he's one of the most talented professional wrestlers in the world. And him being heel just feels like the right call. I don't think enough people are buying him as this babyface, even though obviously he's he feels built to be an under dog based on his height I think he'll run with this heel thing again and make it work on this stage everyone's gonna really really dig it I think in this ROA show it is really shaping up to be a humdinger with FTR Briscoe's two with Wheeler Yuta versus Daniel Garcia Samojo versus Jay Lethal meh. and then whatever Gresham title match you can figure out it doesn't seem like it's going to be Lee Moriarty based on them having a Rampage match. If it is, you know what? That's a bummer. But if it's a potentially, what it, I'm not sure it's the word on the street, but the thing that's being put out there is, hey, that, this seems like possible. This versus Claudio. And that match would be so unbelievably good. I can only hope. I would, I'm already pretty sure I'm going to be buying this pay-per-view. Uh, if it's at the right price, I would say if it's at 20 to 30 bucks, I'm probably in. Yuta versus Garcia and FTR versus Briscoes is enough for me to pull the trigger. Uh, it looks like Deeb and Martinez are probably going to be wrestling for the Women's Championship. That's going to be a really great match. So there's going to be a lot going for the ROH show. I'm hoping to figure out what the direction of ROH is going forward because... Obviously, those shows can't be the lifeblood of that promotion forever and ever and ever. We'll see. We'll see. Tony's kind of busy, but it seems like he's maybe not hitting a stride, but gotten back on the horse again as far as booking goes. With that Eddie Kingston versus Chris Jericho shark cage match, like, yes, feed that to me. All right. Let's go to number three. And it feels like cheating, but we're going to talk about the overall AEW live experience. Now that I've been to two shows, and again, not being a redo of the COVID show and being the first show in Rochester after Brody Lee's death, this felt like more of a traditional show. It felt like, okay, there's not a lot looming over the proceedings of the event. And that's, 
probably for the best. Obviously, we still had negative one stuff, dark order stuff, where that was still kind of heavily pushed and Brody was still kind of in everyone's hearts and minds. But it didn't feel like it needed to take center stage in the same way. It felt like, okay, it's great to see E-negative one out here and his brother having a good time and this promotion really feel like a home for them or a a safe place for them to exist and have this cathartic moment. So that is great. Seeing the variety of people there of kind of like seemingly a variety of backgrounds, different kinds of groups that seemed like really engaged, a fairly polite crowd by wrestling standards. When there was women's matches, I think that's always kind of my barometer. Like, Oh, is this a truly deranged crowd or is this a, is this a fine one? When you have a women's match and it's, you don't hear catcalling, uh, at that size of a crowd, I call that a positive. I call that a huge win. It seems like, nope, didn't get any of that whatsoever from where I where I was sitting. And that was incredible. That made me feel like, okay, I'm in a place that doesn't feel, doesn't make me uncomfortable. And that we might, I might not be with like-minded individuals. I'm with individuals that I don't feel that they're not forward-facing repugnant, which is good. That's positive. That's a huge win. And then after the show, when leaving, you hear this, this, these chat, this chattering from anyone, anyone in earshot saying, oh, yeah, this was a blast. Can't wait till they come back again. They did announce a show in Buffalo, which is, from me, two and a half hours away, which might be stretching it if I want to go. If I want to go, it'll probably have to be uh, an overnight trip with my wife, which is going with my wife, not a problem, and I would really love that. But two and a half hours is still... A, a, a definitely a truck on a Wednesday night. It's not like on a weekend. So we'll see. After the show, before we, everyone leaves, you have FTR come out who were very over during a video segment. And I was like, wow, it's going to be a real bummer that we're not actually going to see FTR because this crowd loves them. When the Young Bucks are doing their promo to set up a match with Will Hobbs, Ricky Starks, and um, Swerving. Our glory, swerving my glory, um, swerving Keith Lee, setting up that triple threat. I think they wanted that to be a big deal, but this crowd just went to an FTR champ because they're proclaiming to be the best tag team in the world, the Young Bucks, and the crowd wasn't having any of it. They are fully latched on to FTR being their guys, and that is, one, amazing because FTR are the guys, but it was great that they came out after the show. And FTR bold saying, hey, like, I was fortunate enough to be me and my family to be close to Brody's and I cherish that and Rochester means a lot to me because of that because I meant a lot to him and it was just great he was talking about a little a little preachy where he talks about him and his God and how wrestling helped them establish that relationship fine whatever um but also the like his importance of wrestling and like actual family to have that to share that Talk, showing a point to a little girl who had her face painted. She's like, that's awesome. That's amazing. I'm like, yeah, like this is a communal experience. This is, we are a community. Um, for better or worse, there are pockets of the community that are stuck. Like I have a Slack group and that is a place where I love to be, love the people in there. And there are fans that I don't like, but that doesn't matter where there are just various communities that you can be a part of by being a professional wrestling fan. And that's just, that's amazing. And I think he spoke to that, even if it was a little bit 
different than how I might address it. I think that is important that wrestling does create a sense of community and obviously bad things have popped up from that community, but I think there's also some great relationships that we can have. So that's amazing. I do say, like I mentioned before, only 5,000 people in attendance in a 7,000 folk uh, arena, which ain't great, but in the end, like sounded good in there. Didn't look bad. Obviously, I don't know when the next time they're going to come back is. They're coming to Buffalo in a few months. That's wild to me that they're going to hit up upstate New York of all places in a couple months span. Western New York, I guess, if you're into that geographicalness. I like the kind of cities they go after. It feels like maybe that's just like maybe in a, a, a liver of the Midwest in Syracuse. But to have them kind of come to these towns that don't always get feel like they're going to these big shows all the time feels good to have people in these, in these communities, not the rustic community, but these cities that don't get these huge events and to feel like, oh, this is a national, not touring, this is a national televised product that I'm going to be a part of. That's going to put on a great show. It's going to be four hours, and this crowd is going to eat it up from beginning to end. Okay, there's pockets where they drop out a little bit, but for, them, for the most part, like, they started hot, they ended hot. Orange Cassidy still over like Rover. He can be heated up anytime Tony wants to be thrown into a main event title picture. I'm positive of it. It was great to see. All right. So it feels like I have not done non-wrestling wrestling of the week. That is going to be Joseph Montesilio's mid-year 2022 video that he did where he did his promotion of the year event of the year, tag team of the year, match of the year, wrestler of the year, top five of wrestler of the year, and match of the year. Joseph always does great stuff. He has a great presence. He can speak so eloquently about the professional wrestling and can really drill down to why he values these things. Even when I don't agree with him or don't place the same values as he does, I know how he got there, and I see I see the work, which I guess, like, I'm always appreciative of folks that show the work and show the effort. They're like, hey, here's how I arrived at this conclusion. Now, Simon, Simon Hamrick Reviews, he probably takes that to the nth degree, but I love, I love seeing Joseph's videos, again, even if we don't share the same opinions on things. I do want to call out that I think he's a coward, for not doing a top five that was in order. I do appreciate that he did a top five that was in order for wrestler of the year. He is once again, though, a coward for giving tag teams one slot. I will stand by the tag teams need to be broken up, whether you like it or not. They are individual wrestlers who bring individual abilities to a contest. Even if they wrestle as a unit, they got to be separated. Sorry about it. Sorry about it. But no, it's really good stuff. It gives you a great kind of a recap of his first half of the year. If you remove the WWE, which does not get any play, and if you remove women who, according to Joseph, don't deserve your respect. All right. Number one, this is a feels like cheating. Again, lots of cheating this week. I used three bullets on AEW in Rochester used a video from a close personal longtime friend and now i'm going to re-steal 
tweet of the week from last week, the one like it was one of my favorite matches template, which I said, wow, that's great. I love that they're doing this. It's really showing off a lot of stuff that we haven't talked about, or haven't seen, that everyone gets to show off a little bit, not of like their knowledge, but show off fun stuff that they appreciate. And that's amazing. We don't get that as much anymore without message boards where you can have folks be highlighting stuff or the age of blogs, which it feels like, I don't know, maybe we're getting back into it. Who freaking knows? But you don't really get to share that much stuff. But now, at Secret Wrestling 1, Rahima Go Memorial account on Twitter. You may know him from message boards of past as Jetlag. Yes, the amazing Jetlag. He puts together, one, he just gets a whole bunch of likes on this tweet because he throws out matches that folks have not seen, have not heard of, that span decades that go from way back to up close, and they're all hoots of their own design, I would say. They would not typically get a spotlight in the modern wrestling discourse. And I think I kind of highlighted a stretch of a few matches. I can't find a couple of numbers in this pocket, but at 23, he had Goku and Liguella versus Ultimo Guerrero and Ultimo Rebelled from Promal 1996. At 24, he has Jeff Hardy versus S.A. Rios from WIOE 2000. And then at 27, he has Buddy Rose versus Moondog Maine from Portland Wrestling, 1977. That is such a unique stretch of matches that are worth watching. And oh, by the way, of the 100 plus matches he's posted about, I think each and every single one of them has a link to the match. You can find it on the internet if you know what you're looking for. That's amazing. I feel like I've just forgotten. I haven't gotten back into going down YouTube rabbit holes. I'm not necessarily past that, but it just feels like every time I do that, like, I, oh, I get blockaded. But he's just shown me that, or they've just shown me. Man, I got to get back to it. I got to go back down them holes. I got to explore once again. So that is Tweet of the Week. That is my favorite thing in wrestling <laughs> this week. And I'm so glad they've done this. It's incredible. It brings a tear to my eye. And that's it. That's We Don't Know Wrestling 115. Thank you for listening. Go follow us at WDKWPN on Twitter. Go give us a review on iTunes. That would be incredible. Go subscribe to us on Spotify and iTunes. Let's do us wherever you listen to your podcasts. And... Next week, I think we're going to be having a Desert Island Comp episode with Dan Rice, friend of the show. Potentially, if that falls through, which we'd just probably push that back a week, we'll be doing my top 10 match of the year, top 10 wrestler of the year podcast. And so if Dan isn't able to do next week, flip-flop and we'll do it next week. So... Tune in, listen in, listen to QNT, QNTR at QNTR on Twitter. Give them a follow, listen in. They're producing great content every single week for your pleasure. That's all, folks. Thanks for listening.